Hey everybody, it's Tim. Welcome or welcome back to the LOH Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, I ask you to please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and our YouTube channel, where you can access all our message content. Most importantly, I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in the faith journey. Enjoy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're in a series called uh, Stranger Things, no, Close Encounters. <laughs> Close Encounters of the God Kind. And today we're going to look at the meeting that Moses had with God in Exodus chapter 3. So if you have your Bible, uh, go ahead and, 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 and find your, your way to Exodus 3. Or if you have your brain drainer with you, uh, you can look at the YouVersion app on your brain drainer, or your phone, your, uh, on your phone. If you want to, uh, but uh, follow us along. And we also have the verses that will be, they'll be on the screen. So we're going to look today at the, the encounter that Moses has with, with God, with God. Um, while you're looking, uh, I was so encouraged to find that uh, I made 20 copies last week of, uh, of applications for uh, altar counselor at the upcoming Unite on the Rock, September 10th, 11th, and 12th, and they were all gone but one. I was so excited about that. So we made a new batch. So if you would like to participate in any of the teams, the hospitality team, the prayer team, the music team, there's all kinds of teams, uh, information is out there on the table before you leave. Take that. It's very self-explanatory who you contact, how you fill out the apps and all that stuff. We'd love to be really represented for those nights and we're believing God for awesome things. All right. Exodus chapter 3, welcome live stream, everybody watching, everybody will be podcasting later in the week to come or whenever you're watching or listening in. We are in Exodus chapter 3. Before we look there, I want to remind each one of us of a couple things that are true. God knows our name and he wants us to know his. Not just so we know his name, but there's something about his name. Sounds like a title of a song, right? There's something about his name. I believe God wants us to know what he wants to say to the world right now. I believe God wants us to know what we're to do in the world right now. I believe God wants each one of us to know what he wants to do in our life. For the rest of our life, each one of us, individually and corporately, I think we're going to find out some of those things today as we look in this message. I have entitled this message, Holy Ground, Meeting the I Am. So would you join me in Exodus chapter 3 and let's get started. Now Moses was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Now it wasn't the mountain of God yet, it was Horeb. It became known as the mountain of God because of what we're about to see took place. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight. Why the bush is not burned up. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. 
And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said also, I am the God of your father. I love that. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Now I want us to really sponge up this next portion. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters. For I am aware, the Hebrew word is yada, it means the most intimate kind of knowledge that one could have. It's the term used many times when it talks about the intimate sexual relationship between a husband and a wife, yada. The Lord says, I am aware, I am yada, the sufferings of your life, I'm aware. So I've come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. Now behold, the cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, Come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh, so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with you. And this shall be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people of Egypt out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. Then Moses said to God, behold, I am going to the sons of Israel and I will say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God furthermore said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial name to all generations. Now before we get into this, can we just a moment, one more time, lift our hands, lift our hearts, lift our voices, and praise him. You are the I am, not the I was, and not the I will be. Your memorial name is I am that I am. And wherever 
we are with you its holy ground and God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, God of creation, God of the new kingdom that will come, God of heaven and earth, we praise you. We stand in awe and ask you to speak to us from your wonderful, living, holy, incomparable word. In Jesus' name, amen. This is not the first day in Moses' life in the Bible. He comes to this moment from a long span of time. I want to go back for a minute and see the pre-encounter days of Moses. First of all, Moses is born after Abraham's midnight dream, which took place 400 years before this burning bush, this birth of Moses and then this burning bush. 400 years before Moses is born, Abraham, in the presence of God, asks God to please give him a sign so he can know how God is going to bring about the promise that he made. Remember last week we're talking about, we talked about that, that out of Abraham's own body and Sarah's womb, a son would be born and through that son, uh, a descendant in that line would come who would bless all the nations and it would be so powerful and so exponential that if you could count the stars, you'd have a little bit of an idea of how many people would be blessed because Abraham believed God in that moment. And Abraham says, please give me a sign. And so God, in, in a dream, the Lord appears in a dream and about this dream, it's, it, 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 darkness covers Abraham in this dream and the sense of of dread and then the Lord appears to him as a flaming torch and he tells him that for 400 years Abraham's descendants who have yet to be born for 400 years they will be in oppressive slavery in Egypt and he says why because the sin of the Amorites has not filled the cup Isn't that interesting? God is showing his patience and mercy toward a, a nation of people who've already known about God, as Romans 1 tells us, and says no to that and are worshiping what their hands make as all the others are around, things of the heavens or things made of their hands. But God is going to give them 400 more years to fill the cup. He could have just obliterated them and sent them. He could have, but God is patient and merciful. And the pathway to promise, he is saying to Abraham, to the promise I'm going to make, the pathway, there is not four routes. There is one route, and your people will go 400 years into oppression. And what we find out from, from Abraham's dream until Moses, other pharaohs come along who do not have the history. The history has been rewritten. And the pharaohs that favored Joseph and favored the sons of Israel, Jacob's sons, those pharaohs, something happens where there's a disconnect with the historical record and they lose sight. They're, they're, uh, pharaohs come along who knew not Joseph. That's the word of the Lord to the United States. 
What was does not continue without a continuation of the passing of the baton of historical records of transgenerational transformation in the lives of people. And so I say to you, have tons of kids. I'll wait till you amen me. I say to you, have tons of kids and teach them about the I am and teach them about America and teach them about where we've come from because where we're going is not where we've come from. And so 400 years passed by four, imagine do the math from 2023 and go 400 years back and imagine up until from then until this very moment, all you've, all you've known is oppressive slavery. All you've known. And that's when Moses is born. And he, and, and let's talk about that from basket to paradise. Stephen talks about this in Acts 7. He says, it was he who took shrewd advantage of our race, speaking of this Pharaoh, and mistreated our fathers, listen, so that they would expose their infants. Do the math. I'm talking in code here today. That they would expose their infants that they would not survive. And it was, at, oh, thank God, it was at this time Moses was born. And he was lovely in the sight of God. This beautiful little, these little girls are worshiping the Lord in the morning. Your little princess up here. I, I just, I can't get, in, I can't get over that. That's, that's, that's this. And Moses was lovely in the sight of God. And he was nurtured three months in his father's home. God is calling to people in every generation. I'm telling you, I don't care how dark it gets in Egypt, the light will be in Goshen and God will always have a people. And I'll tell you what, whatever the devil does, he will never outdo what God does. But that doesn't mean we'll experience it. And after he had been sent outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and nurtured him as her own son. So then he's brought up in the palace. He's weaned, his mother gets to wean him, and then he's raised in the palace as a son of Pharaoh. Forty years described by Stephen in this capsule of a few verses in Acts 7. And it says, Moses was educated in all the learning of the Egyptians. And he was a man of power in words and deeds. Imagine the things he learned about languages and history and military strategy, reading and writing. And, and I mean, in the school of the sun, S-U-N, this brilliant, opportunity given to him by God. And then Stephen says, but when he is approaching the age of 40, it entered his mind to visit his brothers, the sons of Israel. And it's amazing how the weaning of a mother in over a three month period, somehow or another was enough to take and, he, and nothing could take out of him who he really was. So what we invest and do in the lives of our kids, of course in our home, but in the house of God, cannot be underestimated. God just says, give me a chance. Give me a chance. 
Yes. He visits the, the sons of Israel, and when he saw one of them being treated unjustly, he defended him, and it says, and he took vengeance for the oppressed by striking down the Egyptian. Now, God didn't tell him to do that. And he supposed that his brothers understood that God was granting them deliverance through him. Because that was true, and he was aware of it, and it was God that made him aware of it. But he supposed. And they didn't understand. And on the following day, he appeared to them as they were fighting together, and he tried to reconcile them in peace, saying, Men, you are brothers. Why do you injure one another? But when the one who was injuring his neighbor pushed him away, said, Who made you a ruler and judge over us? You do not mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday, do you? At this remark, Moses fled and became an, listen to this, and became an alien in the land of Midian. And I was just thinking, you know, now that we know they're UFOs, if there happens to be an alien here this morning, we just want to welcome you to the Lighthouse of Hope Church. We have a visitor's packet for you. And anyway, what? Anyway, uh, Moses knows who he is at age 40. And he knows who God thinks he is at age 40. And he but then he tries on his own initiative to make it happen. And then spends, listen, not 40 days, not 40 weeks, but 40 more years in nowhere. I call this the phase where he's broken in the desert. From palace to brokenness. I was thinking about this and I just started writing what I felt about it. And trying to think, think of what it would, must have been like. And I, I just thought... Dry winds for four decades blow nothing toward him except sandy insignificance. But you know, the most meaningful times in your life from which some of the greatest wisdom that you will receive, that you'll draw from for the rest of your life, can come from seemingly shelved times with God. Anybody... Been there? Have that shirt? Have the bumper sticker? And when you're in it, there wasn't anything about it you loved. No matter what anybody said, it was just sand in the teeth. I wrote this. It was like walking in the lane that destiny never visits. Moses had a 40-year stint off-road starring in the man that God forgot. And he became an alien in the land of Midian. And Exodus says, and he sat down by a well. That's all it says. That was his life. When Moses was palace ready, he assumed that equated to God being ready. When Moses was power ready, he assumed that equated to God being ready. When Moses was God's plan ready, he assumed that meant God was ready. One of the most frustrating things is having the gift from God of being a seer and you get every detail except the timestamp. stamp. 
man, that's frustrating. Where four weeks become 40 years. Chuck Swindoll, who I have loved since my college days, I was in a, an apartment in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, thinking that my destiny was ready to part like the Red Sea. And it shut up like a whale that swallowed Jonah, except I was in obedience, not disobedience. And I just grated, grated, grated against, against, against. And I came across this series that Chuck Swindoll was doing called Moses, God's Man for a Crisis. It's not made anymore, and I have it on cassette. And I won't lend out because those cassette babies, they, if, once they break, there are no more. So I got to be careful. But I've never forgotten it, and I, I treasure it so. And he says this, you and I can become so dedicated to the will of God, we can be so driven by a false sense of purpose that we might inadvertently take matters into our own hands and leave God completely out of the loop. I would like to just wow that statement and say I didn't live it. But boy, have I lived it. And most everybody else I know have as well. But here's the good news. Because he goes on to say, God is able to take your life with all of the heartache, all of the pain, all of the regret, all of the missed opportunities, and use you for his glory. So when Moses thinks it's over, the destiny clock is ready to strike 12. And then Moses has a mountain encounter, and let's look at it. I want to talk about the burning and the fire of the I Am. Moses is on his daily trail, stops at sheets, fills his coffee mug, <laughs> has his boots or whatever on, Gathers somebody else's sheep. They're not even his. Let's go. Where are you going? Uh, nowhere. Going to the same place I go every day for the last 40 years. Got my mug and sand in my teeth. And he looks over and he sees a bush on fire. But it's not being consumed. It's not burning up. It's just burning. This was no mirage. A shepherd of 40 years experience day after day would clearly know the difference between heat, combustion, what's going on in Canada, you know, the, the fires. Uh, you, you know that's what that is, and this isn't that. This isn't that. This is a bush that looks like a bush, and there's fire in the bush, but the fire's not burning the bush, but the fire's in the bush burning, and I've never seen this before. And actually, in, in, the, in, the, in the Hebrew uh, of Exodus 3, uh, what, what scholars say is that, you know, long before this was written, these oral traditions of story had been told. And when you uh, read it in the Hebrew, every time the, the two words, the bush, is mentioned, there's this emphatic, as if Moses throughout all of his life was saying, the bush, the bush, the bush. Get it? He was impacted by this. 
So he goes over. The miracle is the bush wasn't consumed by the fire that was burning in it. And as he gets over close, God sees he's looking and drawing near to look more intensely. And when God sees that he has his attention, God calls him by name, by name, Moses, Moses. You know, there are some locations in life that give you and I and our kids the, the better opportunity to hear God call your name. And oh, how we must, we can't create burning bushes. And God help me, I'll never have a conference to try to do so. <laughs> hey, we're going to have a burning bush conference. Well, they've had them before. With that said, when Moses got to this place, God called his name. In this place, God calls holy ground. And I want to say this. God's manifestations, in my view, and I, I want to someday get to the point where I can preach to you for a while on the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit, the resonant gifts of the Holy Spirit, the person, the power of the Holy Spirit, the dynamic of the Holy Spirit, because I believe it's so important. He is so important and he hasn't passed away. He is the I am. Jesus is the I am. The Father's the I am and the Spirit is the I am, not the I was. But God's manifestations and miracles are not circus acts. They're not sideshows. He doesn't just set things on fire for the sake of doing it. They're very meaningful. Manifestations of God are about his purposes. They're about his work. They're about his intentions. They're about his heart. They're about stamping a person about stamping a church, stamping a people, uh, the bush. That Sunday, God changed my life. That Wednesday night, or as Oliver was talking, I love Oliver. Dude, you've got such a gift of make people feel better. I don't know if you know that or not, but just, you got it, bro. You got it. You're an exhorter in, in, in the spirit of God, a blessing to the body of Christ. Amen. You're not the only one. God's manifestations are about stamping an individual, stamping a people. And he says, don't come any closer. Take off your shoes because the place you're standing is holy ground. It's not that God wants to push people away. God is trying to make it. This is not common. This is not ordinary. Now, we, we have coffee in the sanctuary. I'm not trying to knock that or anything. But I, I can't, I, I, and I drink coffee too, and I've got a there and I'm in Warfoot. As a matter of fact, we've got a new blend coming in. Oh, baby. But anyway, <laughs> listen, listen. But at the same time, I'm not going to slurp and worship that I am like that. Praise God. You know what I'm saying? Sacred. Sacred. God is more intimate, wants to be more intimate with us than we could ever wrap our minds around. 
So don't hear, he's not about pushing us away. He's not about wanting us to cower back in fear. He's not about wanting us to run back in false humility and scared and terrified and all that. No, no, no. He's more intimate than we ever could ever imagine he wants to be with us, but he's not one of the gang. We don't hang out with daddy God. He's not our boo. I've heard people go, hey God. I'm like, oh God. Don't say, hey God. The man upstairs, you know what I'm saying? The, the man upstairs and all that stuff. Listen. Take off your shoes. With that said, he longs to hold us close as a mother nurtures her children close to her breast. He is the father in the prodigal story that comes running to one who's wasted his legacy on prostitutional living. So please, hear what we're saying here. But with that said, every blessing, every manifestation, every time you want to shout, and shout more than we, we should shout more than we do. You don't need permission to shout. You don't need permission to clap. You don't need permission for anything. But just realize this, every manifestation has been filtered through the sacrificial blood of his son. His son will die for the exodus. His son will die for the land of milk and honey. His son will die for the ever-flowing streams of the springs of living water. Take off your shoes. Yes? Now let's look at the eyes of Yahweh. The eyes, pronoun. Yahweh's pronouns. Reveal his heart for others. In verses 6 through 10, I don't think, I, I don't have it, just, just, stick, just, just listen to this or you can look it up. He says, I am the God of your father. Notice the pronouns and, and what, he, how he, what he threads here. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have what? What about I? What about when God talks about himself? What's he doing? I have surely seen the affliction of my people. I have given heed to their cry. The eyes of Yahweh are about others. The eye presentation of God reveals his heart. Not for himself. I am aware of their sufferings. I have come down. I, I love this phrase. I've been, this phrase has been in my soul for about six weeks now. I have come down to deliver. And to bring them up. I have seen the oppression. I was watching Sound of Freedom a couple of weeks back. I got there day one first show and I just sat there absorbed because God stirred my heart years ago but really wants me to get proactive as a leader and pastor about global human trafficking and making our church or asking our making our church asking our church to really consider uh, proactively personally getting involved financially prayerfully relationally with 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 Jesus ministries that are involved in in in, in rescuing women and families and kids 
from this thing. But anyway, so that I have come down and I've seen, and I'm sitting there watching that and I'm like watching this story and I'm just thinking, dear God, The Lord, unlike Satan in every way, primarily is not a narcissist. He doesn't say, my body, my choice. He says, my body, my sacrifice. I'm coming down to save you. Satan says, God doesn't want you to know you can do you. Do you? Like me, I exalt myself above the stars of God. Pharaoh, who is the Lord that I should let you go? Yahweh's not a narcissist. Yahweh's revelation of I is always about others. It makes me think a prayer that I want to get better at praying as I pastor this church and set a course and a culture that has to be modeled in my life. My prayer is, Lord, help me to stay true north in worship. Where worship is not about me, it's about you. Help me to quit asking for mana, 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 more 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 mana. Help me to avoid setting the compass of worship to be about another thing from you. You're not Superman for me. I'm in awe of you. I haven't come to ask you. I've come to worship you. Where my Bible studies are not about what I, what I, what I, but who is, who is. Take off your shoes. That my ministry goals, that my personal dreams have been knitted in the heart of the eye of Yahweh. Where my dreams and my goals are about, I have seen the oppression in the lives of people. And I want all that you've made me, all that you've done in me, all that you're depositing me to be about lifting people out of and bringing people in to. We all have to seriously take off our shoes regarding the culture of the Western church, but we can't fix that, but we can address ours. Let's look at this word, Yahweh, more. Moses asks the Lord a question of concern. He says, you know, he's like, we, we, if you read it, and I hope you do read it, read the whole story. I'm, I can't, you know me. I can, I can, I can, anyway. I need a three-hour talk show every day. I can't, I can't, I, I just can't land this thing in a, within the, uh. anyway, um, he's, he's, been, listen, before the burning bush, before the bush, Moses is redefined in his own psyche. 
Moses is, at best, I missed the, the, I missed the exit or the entrance. At worst, what a fool I am. What an, what an, ego, what an egomaniacal, to, I'm the deliverer. And you know the devil was all on that for 40 years. So by the time the bush happens and, and Yahweh reveals his personal heart, Moses is stamped in memory of rejection, 40 years worth. And he just can't see it. You know why he can't see it? That's why we all can't see it. Because we're not looking at Yahweh. And once again, we can tailor a culture of church to not look at Yahweh as well. What is his name? I am that I am. Now, scholars, are, it's, it's real fun to get into the, the scholarship on this and there's debate about what he's doing. Some people say to him, he's just saying like, hey, mind your own beeswax. I am who I am. That's not what he's saying when he says, I am who I am. In other words, I'm going to be, just back off, Jack. You know, I'm, I am me. No, 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 that sounds too much like narcissistic <laughs> a Western culture. Do you? I'm doing me, man. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, in regards to the oppressive life you all are experiencing, of which I've heard and has moved me to come down, I am, not I was, I am right here, full force, all about lifting you out and bringing you in. That's who I am. I am that I am. I am the one who is, not just was. I am the one who in every generation, it'll be my memorial name, pass this on to 2023 kids in the church. I cause to be, regardless of what has not been, I cause to be. I am the guarantee of the promises I've made and make and will make. And I am the one who is and always will be. I am always in a present tense and I am revealing that to you. Go tell them the I am is coming to lift you up and place you in. Hmm. But... 40 years of the land where you believe God is forgotten. And even when God is making such a manifestation, Moses' arguments sound so much like mine. Who am I? Who am I? I can't speak. I can't. I was walking through Manhattan with my daughter for three days. We had such a wonderful time. And we saved the, 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 twin, the towers experience to the last day, a few hours before we went back. Because we knew it was holy ground. We knew we were going to be just... And I'm looking at the new building and I'm thinking, it's so massive. It's so amazing. And I said, you know, more people work in that building than live in our town, in our county. Like, what a different context. So, here is Moses. 40 years in nowhere land in his... And God says, listen, it'd be like, it'd be like, no disrespect, but let's say, Mo, let's say Midian is... Let's say we're... Mo, 
Well, where can I say it? I don't want to offend anybody. I want to offend. Listen, Mayberry. <laughs> or, you know, uh, just the place where nowhere, where, where we all. And he's like, I'm sending you to Congress. I'm sending you to Vladimir Putin. I'm sending you to the mullahs in Iran. Can you just send me to like uh, worship conference? Can I just do a podcast? No, 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 no. I'm sending you to stand before the God of the earth. Me? I can't speak. I'm not eloquent. And I think, you know, I see these people on the subways and I've talked to a couple guys that are doing these multi-million dollar business deals and, we're, and he's just a kid. He's somebody's kid. He's up there in Manhattan shaking it up. And I, and I think about stuff like that and I think how many times, and it doesn't mean, uh, it's not where you are, but it's who tells you to do what he tells you to do and what you do with it. And there are people that aren't to go to places like that and they're to stay. But it's not about geographical location as much as it is a revelation. And in the revelation, what is my, what is my eye back? What is it? Is it, who am I? I can't do it. What do I can't? That's Moses. The thing about it is, God did that to Moses. Because when the power of the holy people is broken, that's when the Son of Man is going to come from the skies. It's when Jacob cries uncle in the wrestling match when God says, you're mine now. It's, it's at the end of the breaking you lose nothing that's been invested by God in all the moments of the sand that you think is nothing. You're nothing, you're nothing. And God, in his response back, is this. Who made you? Who made your mouth? Who, again, certainly, I will be with you. It's amazing what God can do with somebody that doesn't look within but looks to him and says I'm yours Amen. I'm yours and then he asks Moses this question this is interesting to me what's in your hand you know what's in his hand a Forty years before, what was in his head? I, I, I think that the Egyptian history has, has tried to like push Moses completely out because this man was so brilliant. This man had been instructed in the, in the, in the school of the sun, math, mathematics and philosophies and, 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 and the, the skill of, of being able to strategize and lead. All these things you see unfold in 40 years taking this these human sheep who didn't want to go for 40 years 
and all that's written from Genesis to through Deuteronomy is Moses, man. It's Moses. No one, no human being before John the Baptist was greater. Of all the people in the Bible, God calls Abraham his friend and says, Moses, my servant. My servant, Moses. Man. But when it gets started, he has a stick. You go from being this brilliant, ready to go. You know the plan. You know you're the man. And by the time it's time and the clock strikes 12, you're holding a stick. And God says, what's in your hand? Throw it down on the ground. It turns into a serpent. Pick it back up. In other words, I'm going to take what you think is nothing, what's been whittled down to nothing, whatever it is in your life, in your world of nothing, whatever your stick is, whatever it is, God says, I'm going to use your stick to grasp the power of the serpent and bring it under your command. That's what this message is to us. Because Jesus came, came down. The I am came down. And watch what Jesus does for you and me. He calls us each by name. John 10, he says, My sheep hear my voice. They follow me. I call them by name. He knows your name. He calls you by name. Jesus has come down, not into a bush, but he came down into the water of baptism. And when he comes into the water of baptism, he's coming into the Jordan. I don't know if you know about this, about the Jordan River, but he's like, I want to get baptized in the Jordan River. Ever seen the Jordan River? It looks worse than parts of the Potomac uh, that, that are around here at times. It's very muddy and murky. That's why Naaman the Syrian, when, when they said get he, you get healed if you dip seven times in the Jordan, he's like, I don't want to do the that, That's embarrassing. It's, with all due respect, it's like, go dip in the sewer. The Jordan was not this beautiful biblical movie decord. Oh, oh. It was a murky, muddy place. And John used that, humble yourself, confess your sins, identify with the sin that God says we're all in, and get ready for the one who's going to take them away. And he pointed to, there's one coming that's going to take him away. And the one coming, John sees, and he comes, and he comes to get down in the water with them. I've come down. And John says, I have need to be baptized with, he said, I'm here to fulfill all righteousness. So Jesus comes down and gets into the murky stuff with us becomes the Passover lamb, comes up out of the water, the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes on him, and John is triggered to say, look, the Lamb of God, Jesus is our Passover, who will take away the sin of the world. It's Exodus all over again. Wednesday night I went into that in massive detail. He's our holy ground. The difference is, it doesn't look like it. He didn't look like it. 
And what he does many times does not fit the template of burning bush, Red Sea parting, ground shaking, wowza God. It doesn't come that way and it's easily missed. But may we open our eyes to the way that Jesus manifests the glory of God through clay pot down to earth life. We miss it looking for signs and wonders and the sign and the wonder is Jesus. It's Jesus. He existed in the form of God Yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself, became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man. Same thing he wants to do with us. He was perfect, even in his death. The death of a criminal crucified. And because of that, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. And he has now been given the greatest of all names. Do you get that? The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow. Everything in heaven, everything on earth and under the earth. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In other words, there are the two sacred names, Yahweh and Yeshua. He baptizes with fire. But we don't see the fire. But the fire, he says, he says this, he says... Uh, John the Baptist says, he is the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And when, and when they say, is it this time you're going to this? Is it this time you're going to that? It's not for you to know that. But here's what it is about. It's about you. It's about you going out into the world of the oppressed. Right? I'm sending you. You'll be baptized with the Spirit. And what happens when they're baptized with the Spirit? Tongues of fire. The symbol, symbolism of fire. It's Yahweh. I'm sending you. And I will be with you, here's the memorial name, until the very end of the age. So where's the fiery bush? Where's the, where do we see so we can, where do we hear? Well, this is the thing. The burning bush is not a bush. Jesus is where the pain is. Jesus is where the sick are. Jesus is where the slavery is intense. Jesus is where the broken are. Jesus is already there. And when we turn to look at what Yahweh is looking at, we will hear our name and receive our calling. We're looking upward we're looking for things conditioned from an Old Testament mindset of manifestation of God. And the manifestation of God is Jesus is already here and he is where? Because we know this, at the end of days, he will say, come into the kingdom of your, my father because I was hungry. And you gave me, where are, where you were, I was with the hungry. 
I was thirsty. I was with the thirsty. I was with the prisoner. I was with the naked. I was, when did we see you? When you did that for them, you were doing it to me. The burning bush is in the need. What's in your hand? This is what he's made us for. I close with this last slide from Chuck Swindoll. That is the way God works. Without even a hint of warning, he speaks to ordinary people on ordinary days. And here's what he says to us. Look, the cry of people's sons and daughters have come up to me, church. I see the oppression from the taskmasters of the Egyptian cultures. So I'm down here. What do we see? What are we looking for? Therefore, all of us come now and I will send you so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. Here's what the Lord wants to do for us today. He wants to save us and he wants to use us to save others. He wants to lift all oppression off of me, off of you, but he wants to send us to lift oppression off of others. Let me just add one other thing. This has been troubling me. That's just me. I'm going through this. Don't wear my thing, but just consider it. Do you know, if we're not careful, we hear about people that are going through long-term chronic suffering, say for instance, cancer patients, and they're going through treatments, and, all that, and we hear about it, and we, and we, and, and please, and, and I know it's from a good heart, all of us, I do it too, we send prayers and an emoji, I'm praying for you. Or we pray for a miracle. We pray, uh, you know, we see the, the, little, the little girl that just passed away, which isn't a, which isn't a curse, by the way, to, to be in the presence of God. It's not a curse. It's in the presence of Jesus. But anyway, there's a, there was a lot of prayers. And I, oh, man, and there should be prayers. But you know where, you know where, you know where, you know, the thing that bothers me is, I bet you there are people families that treasure our prayers but would more treasure our presence but it's uncomfortable to sit on an ongoing basis with a widow it's not as sexy for the prayer to not 
in our world, take and commit to an ongoing progressive relationship with a 20-something kid that doesn't have a Christian parent and is just a lost boy wandering around not knowing where to go. We can give them a this and give them a verse and all that and all we and the burning and, and, and we and we think the God of the power, the God of the burning, boom, it didn't happen. Oh, I did my part. And I'm 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 deeply troubled in my life that again the conditioning culture of certain aspects of Pentecostalism is that the fix is always on Sunday and or the next Sunday or the next meeting. No, fix is the problem. A commitment. Is anybody listening to what? The commitment, not looking for a burning bush, being the miracle of through your journey. I want to say to you what my father Yahweh says. I will certainly be with you. Instead of having a prayer now for more manna for us and a manifestation, can we all stand? And, and I don't mean literally take off your shoes. Quite frankly, I'm enjoying these. But symbolically, Take off our shoes. And ask Yahweh to personalize in every one of our life. Because we're all different. We all have different circles. We're in different places. We're on different people. And there are people we're with. And, and you know, some of us, he wants to redefine our life. He wants to take us out of what we've created the God club to be and bust us outward into something else. And that's not everybody. I, you know, it's not one size fits all. I, I, I'm trusting the Holy Spirit. I wrote the trust your stuff. I wrote this down to remind myself. Trust what God's doing in this. You're, you know you. Your stick is different than someone else's stick. Whatever. This is you. Uh, and, and, and I just pray that during the song and all that, I, I, I love us doing the song, but if God wants to talk to you about something that hasn't, and that's not what the lyrics are saying, go with what he's saying. And that's not to put down what we're doing. This is great. But, and it might be the lyric that makes you go, oh, that's, that's it. But you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. We get so conditioned. I'm the worst. I've caused, I, I mean, a lot of the, the churches, what a lot of churches are is what we've, I've, people like me, and you, culture, nothing wrong. You're on holy ground. And massive numbers of people, Jesus would say, I, I, I appreciate that you care of whether I ate lunch or not, but I have meat to eat that you... Look out on those fields. There are people that are ready for harvest. There are people that have poured in, labored in the fields. And all you got to do is go, led by me, 
with your stick in my presence. And with, not with expectations, but in obedience with the heart of Yahweh. I'll show you signs and wonders. I'll show you signs and wonders. Heavenly Father, we're just going to right now, by your grace and your power, if anybody's in this room that is yet to meet Jesus, I pray that they would just open their heart and say, Jesus, Son of God, I believe you died on the cross to break me free of the toxicity of myself. And you are going to lift me out of bondage of death into the emancipation of the true exodus from darkness to light, son of Adam to son of God. And may your spirit confirm that in their lives as they call on the Lord. But Lord, we bring our stick, we take our shoes off, we come before you, reaffirm. Many, maybe, maybe you've been in the dry season so much that you, you literally track with what I've said. And, but God made you aware that, it's, that he didn't put you on the shelf to leave you. He put you on the shelf to prepare you. And you're now at a place where you can bring with you all of the things that God has put in you, but they are at his, his use. You're his servant. God's not going to serve your dream. You're going to serve his dream for you. And I want to invite you, I want to invite you into the bush, into that holy place with God, and just let I am who I am do a work in you this morning. But I also pray that we wouldn't just, we wouldn't just see this as that, but this would begin a new stream. This would be, begin a new stream because you can't swallow all this. I didn't give you a menu. You're going to chew it up and it's all going to happen and you're going to be incarnational. This is a processional thing. This is a, this is taking this and letting God just really have the time because there's a lot that has to be processed out with, with Moses and Aaron and his sister and his, bro, his brother and, and leading and there's, I mean we, we don't get fixed we bring our junk along our jewelry and our junk and it's, that's the way it is well, you stand in the face of God and I do too and so Lord we just give ourselves to you today and pray that the ministry of the Holy Spirit being released right now wouldn't just end after a song or after our time but we would, we would really experience what, we, what you want to do for us right now but Lord it would just go on we wouldn't flip a switch off but Lord it would get on with us and we thank you for that Livestream 2, in Jesus' name, amen.